1: Hi, welcome to another episode of the Standard of Truth podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Garrett Dirkmont, and I'm joined by my friend, Professor Richard LaDuke.
0: Hello, Garrett. In this episode, we're going to hit several items from the Phoebe Draper Palmer Brown mailbag. Um, but uh, but before we do, one thing, uh, as I am, as we're recording this on a... On a Thursday evening as I am watching my, uh, just tracking my son's flight from Atlanta to uh, Lima, Peru. And uh, Garrett and I were, (laughs) we were having a lot of fun joking about our MTC experience. So my son, he home MTC'd for a week and then uh, MTC'd for two weeks in Provo and then shipped out. And, uh, and Garrett has a, a ranking of current world power. I yeah. think is what you have.
1: Right. Well, the, the, if we had to list the most powerful people on Earth, right, obviously it's people with nuclear weapons who can- Generally. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what you would put it. So obviously the President of the United States has the most power of any man on Earth. Yeah. Whoever yeah, that President yeah, is. Yeah, right. Then, uh, you know, President Xi in China, which we- we don't have to say whoever that president is because because we know who it's always going to be. President for life. Yeah. You, he will Pre- escort you out of parliament or yeah, out of whatever the, the, they call it. There's a pretty good chance it's going to be President Xi even years from now. <laughs> okay, so the President Xi. Uh, and then I think third, maybe just because things haven't gone so well in Ukraine, although he does have a lot of nuclear missiles, is, is, is Vladimir Putin. But almost at the level of Putin. Just I mean, we're just, just
0: barely below. It's like, couple, like if he's three, this is three A. Yeah,
1: it's three A or yeah, three point one um is a MTC district leader. Uh, a district leader in the MTC uh, has has more power than them all, perhaps. You know what? Maybe I should have rearranged that. And, and, and he's like, I'm pretty sure President Biden will be calling for my advice shortly. So
0: we had a lot of fun at uh, just just laughing through kind of that experience. It, like, lots of people have different MTC experiences. Part of the reason why we were laughing about it is um, my son was, was talking to us about his district leader in the MTC, who was this really cool laid back kid from Southern California And uh, he was like, hey, guys, like, I don't know, like, I find out stuff like 30 minutes before you guys do. And uh, if there's anything I can do for you, just let me know. Uh, That was not my experience in the MTC. That was not Garrett's experience also in the MTC.
1: My MTC district leader uh, was, you know, he was pretty certain that whether or not uh, we made it to breakfast five minutes early, was the sixth seal in the book of <laughs> Revelation <laughs> and that he was one of the prophets this, that was going to be laying in the well, street. So,
0: so there's a lot of reasons for this though, right? Like one of the reasons is, is likely a person who is... is this is the first real calling. I mean, maybe they were in some sort of presidency yeah, in a youth. Yeah.
1: But even depending – I'll have you know I was deacon's quorum president. <laughs> yeah.
0: But even then, it depends on maybe who the bishop and youth advisors – sometimes youth advisors are a little – they're a little over the top. Don't let the youth do as much. But So this is the one of the maybe the first real callings that they have. And we learn from Doctrine and Covenants Section 121 that uh, as soon as men get a little bit of authority – As As they they suppose. suppose.
1: That's the best part. You don't even actually have to have authority. You just have to think you do. (laughs) And if Joseph isn't a prophet for any other thing, it's for understanding human nature better than anyone else on earth. You don't actually have to have authority. You just have to think you do. And the moment you think you do, you will immediately begin exercising unrighteous dominion. Immediately,
0: the flight is just over northern uh, Florida now. Very exciting. One of the main differences, though, between the the district leader now and the district leader in our time in the late nineties was the the key to uh, the mailbox. Oh, the keeper yeah. of is the there, letters. Do they
1: not have a key to the mailbox now?
0: I'm unfamiliar with these letters that you speak of. I don't ah uh, yes, yeah. Yes. So it's, now
1: that you can uh, FaceTime your family every week, <laughs> people write letters. Well, when the mission a, president forces them. To. Occasional emails and
0: things, uh, but uh, anyway, we had we had a lot of fun thinking about and laughing about uh, the MTC, and uh, it was a good experience, and and it was an interesting experience as. Young men are learning exactly what it is that they're supposed to be doing. They're trying to be spiritual and also bossing each other around. Yep. And it, it's a it, mutiny on the bounty. Yeah. our
1: uh, <laughs> my, my district leader, the second he got a little authorities, he supposed, he became he became Captain Bly of the bounty. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he would threaten us uh, with all kinds of not getting our mail. Uh, he would chastise us. So great. It was was great. Uh, It's so
0: good. Well, so, uh, to Rigdon on your way to, uh, on your way to, to Lima, Peru. Where you'll not be able to hear this for two years. Where, yeah, you, you won't. Your, your brother has a phone and I send him audio, you know, to his Facebook messenger, whatever, but, uh, you don't get a phone in Peru, uh, because it'll be, uh, stolen, yeah. And so they give you kind of a fake flip phone that you can have stolen, and it's totally fine.
1: So you will still get robbed. That's it. Was getting, interesting. It getting was, robbed is not actually a a, a point. Well, so
0: it, it was really interesting. So the so the information we got for Spain, right, uh, different packet than the one we got for Peru. <laughs>
1: uh, it's a very different packet. Both Spanish, though.
0: Uh, both Spanish. Although my son in Spain would argue not so much. Right, I'm he's sure. gonna get real snobby yeah. with his with his uh, Spanish, but anyways, it was a, it was a uh, it's a tender, sweet day today as our second oldest son goes off to Lima. So anyway, uh, that's uh, enough about uh, enough about that.
1: But before we dig into things, we need to make sure we wish a happy fiftieth birthday to Lisa.
0: Oh yes, yeah, happy fiftieth
1: birthday. We were going to uh, wish her. her we, we we haven't been able to record quite regularly, so by the time this comes out, you'll. have, You'll be fifty-one. <laughs> yeah, happy
0: fifty-second um, birthday yeah. to Lisa. Happy seventieth
1: <laughs> birthday. We finally got around to you, and we want you to just keep replaying this every year. That's
0: right. My son is now around Tampa, by the way, is where just we're tracking. Yeah, it's very nice. Guys.
1: I feel like it's kind of like tracking Santa with Norad.
0: <laughs> it actually is pretty great for those that have an Apple. So not my wife. Um, you can type in so this is Delta Flight one fifty-one. So DL one five one. Can text it to yourself, and then you hold. You hold it and then it gives you the, the full flight all the way. <laughs> it sounds
1: through. like you're planning to gamble with this. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. I was just checking. No, I mean just, everything I like, else that ends up with numbers, uh, the next no, thing no, you know, no, we're putting nothing bets like that down at on an NCA game. And also uh, how about that Pac twelve?
0: Boy, that was fun. Uh, so I had COVID last week and uh I was pretty sick on Thursday and Friday and all I did was watch uh, the Twitters and all of the memes on all of the things relating to the Pac-12, and it it was hilarious.
1: Let's hope we don't have any listeners who are Oregon State or Washington State alumni. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry for
0: the Wazoo folks and the the mighty fine Fighting Beavers. It's unfortunate. It really, it is. really is.
1: Yeah, it was. It's kind of a kind of a hatchet job to end up with. To go from, hey, we're in a Power Five conference to, hey, yeah,
0: maybe Mountain West if uh, they're lucky, yeah, possibly. I mean, looks like you know Cal and Stanford might go to the ACC. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe Atlantic Coast Conference.
1: They tried to vote on it. That vote failed. Oh, did it? That happened today. Oh, vote failed. And so, I don't know. For those of you listening who don't care at all about college football, (laughs) welcome to most people in the world. Um, but I gotta, yeah like our Spanish or Australian listeners what are you talking about the nice thing about knowing that you don't have a global audience is that no one's listening from any of those other countries oh we did have someone email us from Australia yeah that's what I'm
0: saying we do have listeners in other countries it's
1: interesting Angie and I have now twice on on two consecutive uh, cruises that we've gone on now we don't cruise every other day but but in the past couple years we've gone on a couple cruises Uh, as you know for our anniversary and on both of these cruises we have sat next to an Australian couple at dinner who were not Latter-day Saints don't worry they weren't Latter-day Saints because any of our Australians yeah any of our Australian Latter-day Saints listening
0: they know that they know the numbers
1: you weren't sitting you weren't sitting next to me so (laughs) I already know that obviously that wasn't a Latter-day Saint because I wasn't was it my dad no so obviously it's not um but uh, both of them had a niece that was a Latter-day Saint that had come to the United States.
0: It was actually interesting. This last this last uh, cruise I went with you and um, Becky and I went with you and, and Angie. And it wasn't some other just friends. Richard and I on the cruise. Yes, that's right. Some <laughs> other friends of ours. And uh, we sat next to this great Australian uh, couple. And um, – Ends up that uh, they were going to Hawaii from where we were at. And my nephew is, he served his mission in, in Brisbane. And uh, so ended up uh, connecting him with them. He took him all around the Hawaii. I live in in Oahu. Took him around. Had dinner at their home. It was a whole.
1: So, are they getting whole, baptized?
0: And that's yeah. The long no. and short of it is, we'll be telling the
1: that story soon, and then we'll say that the <laughs> podcast was the cause, even though they literally didn't know that we had a podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, they were they were absolutely. Richard doing. was sharing the gospel hard, though. I was, yeah. although I was the first one to tell him we were Mormons. <laughs> Richard spent three nights sitting next to these people at dinner building a relationship of trust.
0: Yes. Yeah, we, I BRT'd really hard. Right. I watched and then I, several so Australian he, movies. So he
1: was good. Co- he literally did. He <laughs> watched an Australian movie just so he had something to talk to them about the next night. I did, yeah. And they were very impressed. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. And yeah. then I
1: sat down next to him like, y'all heard of Mormons? <laughs> and and yeah, Yep, and we,
0: straight King at servant. Yeah, and
1: I was like, <laughs> let me tell you how it is that God came to be God. And then we went... Yeah. I don't know why I had that accent <laughs> when I you did know, But you know what? To an Australian, that's probably what all American accents sound like. Yeah, that's you know. pretty funny. I know that that's how all American accents sound like to an English person. Oh, yeah. So if we have any English listeners, you know- Maximum cletus. Every one of us sound like we are from Alabama. to you. you know, Nothing,
0: nothing wrong with those wonderful listeners, yeah, I'm I don't, sure, in Alabama. We
1: don't have any listeners in Alabama. We do not. Yeah. Do we have any listeners anywhere in the American <laughs> South?
0: Uh, yes, I think we have one in Arkansas. We've got oh, a couple in yeah. Texas. Yeah.
1: so We should have more in Texas now that we're in the Big 12. <laughs> I mean, that should, that should grease the wheels a little bit. It should.
0: By the way, uh, so we're 12 minutes of wasting your time, Rex's elders Corn president. We have received several emails in the past several weeks. So that, many. That- that talk specifically about we, – we received one where they were they were we'll, – we'll probably read it in a future time. But um, they said essentially they were going through their email and they said, this is the point in the email where Rex's elders quorum president should start listening. I think it's hilarious it's because Rex's funny.
1: elders quorum president has since then emailed us to say, guys, I don't skip it. <laughs> Yes, I was just worried that anyone else listening would hate it, so I told them to skip.
0: Not since Rachel's mom has there been a more popular character on the podcast than Rex's elder's corn president. Yeah,
1: he he's surpassed Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo in <laughs> townships, quite a while ago. Yeah, for being a total uh,
0: Buzz Killington, but uh, it's
1: hilarious because he, you know he had to email us to defend his honor to say. I listened to all of it. I just thought Rex wouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, for the uh, Phoebe Draper Palmer Palmer Brown mailbag, and shout out, by the way, one more shout out to, uh, to Rory, who is a friend of the show, Rory. And uh, less friend of the show, Freddie. who, uh, as they commute, Rory makes Freddie listen to the podcast. It's not quite like a policeman with uh, someone if, that he's if arrested. If you don't have
1: another ride to work, it's pretty similar.
0: It is. It is pretty similar. The only similar. difference is
1: your hands aren't cuffed.
0: Rory's like, uh, hey, uh, it's uh, quite a drive. We're going to go ahead and put this on, and we're going to listen to it. And uh, there's nothing you can do about it. I got a, I'm a friends with both of them, and I got a text... Uh, Screenshot of what they were listening to as they were driving. My
1: question is, how many of our? It was the Gift of Tongues episode, by the way. Oh,
0: that was a good one.
1: Uh, My question is, how many of our listeners are listening against their will? I would say so. Based on emails, I've run the numbers.
0: It's it's forty seven percent.
1: Okay, so we're we aren't quite at the tipping point. Uh, Not quite, because at some point, if we get to sixty to seventy percent of (laughs) involuntary listeners, what does that do for us? (laughs) Well, a listen's a listen, man. Okay, right. So it 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 all counts. Uh, Yeah.
0: So this this email comes from a uh, fan of the show, Tanner. And Tanner has sent many, many emails. Yeah. And he has asked many questions. And he has told many funny stories. And we have read a collection of zero of those. Well, things. look,
1: we get, we get dozens and dozens and dozens of emails. And Tanner has sent some great emails. And he's been a listener for a long time. We like Tanner. The problem is Tanner, when he asks a question... Well, well he asked
0: a question here that we're not getting any no, touch with. No. A Tanner poll. likes to
1: ask questions that are really 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 good, but that would require me to take seven or eight episodes to answer.
0: Well, this one was was heavy polygamy. Yeah,
1: that's the problem. Tanner's most concerned about polygamy. And
0: it wasn't like, "Hey guys, polygamy your thoughts." It was like a really specific No, it
1: was like, "Look, here's a <laughs> publication on this, what do you think?" I mean, and we will actually eventually get to that in season, season 38. 38. The problem is I can't really answer. Uh, I mean, I have done it a few times, much to my everlasting regret. Uh, that uh, we've tried to cover some topics on polygamy, and we can with some where where they're they're they are tight enough that you can do it without talking about the entire system. This one's not because this one it, it would require much more background. Which
0: is funny because the one one of the ones you did was Mirinda Hyde,
1: right? Right. I, <laughs> And I believe he that like I, when into we like were a, done with that, like, we're like a face like, we'll into never a buzz saw again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the propeller. <laughs> Keep walking. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I will read the first part okay. of Tanner's email. Tanner, even though we have, we have we no intention of actually answering his question, as I roast here in the Protestant hell that is Las Vegas <laughs> in summer. <laughs> One of the things also, Tanner, by the way, is so there's a timing issue too, right? So if we if we are going to talk about a particular topic and then we try and find an email that kind of ties into a particular thing. So he's in Vegas. Yes, he With is.
1: our good friends who sent us the uh, gift card to Olive Garden. Oh, that was lovely. That was. In fact, we have a picture we need to send of us eating at Olive Garden. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Mike uh, and his wife sent us a, a gift card to Olive Garden as like a thank you. And I want to tell you that we said we won't accept this and we sent it back. But it would be hard to tell you that after we already used it at the Olive Garden (laughs) with our watch. So there you go. It was very nice. Um, So
0: uh, so yes, Las Vegas, I was down at my, uh, I saw my, my, I have some cousins that live in Vegas and we were down there this summer and it was just center of the sun. So friggin', so friggin' hot. Uh, as I roast in the Protestant hell that is Las Vegas in the summer, I began looking back at the many poor choices that brought me here. While doing so, my mind caught hold of the fact that I have, I have been listening to the standard of truth for two years. Well, there's your first mistake, Tanner. Two long years, during which my questions have gone unanswered. Cherished stories and beliefs have been crushed. And promises to speak on important topics never kept. I
1: don't think that we made him move to Vegas, though.
0: Well, that's, well, I mean, well, this, the name of this episode is um, Apostles and Apostates Part 2. No, uh, no it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, I am left to wonder, am I dead? Did I get it wrong? Am I here for eternity? Am I a missionary in Wisconsin? Wow! All joking aside, I wanted to again express my appreciation for this podcast, the premium content, the history, context, and testimony you provide has been a great blessing in my life. And then he goes on to ask a very thoughtful and heartfelt question that we will not read or come close to answering. Tanner, thank you so much for yeah, your
1: email. we appreciate uh, your thoughtfulness. Thank you so much for listening, Tanner, seriously. It is a great question, one though that we won't be able to get to till we're in the in the thick of it with polygamy. (laughs)
0: Um, So this next email comes to us from uh, Steve, subject mostly nice things, which is funny. I'm sure that by now you become weary of the endless praise and vast amounts of wealth generated by your podcast.
1: (laughs) Steve, I don't feel like you know us at all, actually. I feel like you don't know us as well as you could. A, we could never tire of the praise. (laughs) B, what is this wealth you speak of? (laughs)
0: Yes, it's very very that's very funny. Uh, you should uh, have known that starting a podcast centered around the theology and history of a minor <laughs> <laughs> religious sect was the one surefire path to fortune and glory. Truly, you are, The driving cultural force of this generation. That is very, very funny.
1: And now there's someone who understands satire. Yes, that's very, very good. Modest proposal indeed. We decided, you know what? There's not very many Mormons. Let's try to make a career out of that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Even with the risk of being drowned out, I'd be remiss if I did not add my voice of thanks to both of you for making an excellent podcast. I listen to an episode a day as a way to wind down it actually is very effective at getting people to relax, wind down, fall asleep. I think this episode is
1: going to make people angry because we're 20 minutes in.
0: Yeah, we're not even close to getting to any, Yeah, yeah, to Rex's Elder Scorn present. President. Yeah. Winding down, often while playing Elden Ring. Uh, my son loves that game, by <laughs> the way. Uh, there's something poetic about slaying demonic monsters of rot and decay while strengthening your testimony of the restorative powers of Jesus. At a mere 32 years of age, my circle of friends and colleagues have... Remained uh, My circle of friends and colleagues that have remained faithful has shrunk faster than I would have ever thought. While I'm not truly alone, sometimes I feel that way or I will be soon. Friends who I considered close as family and played a huge part in my own personal conversion in my early 20s have esteemed our shared experiences not. Usually, after they leave the church, the friendship isn't far behind. Obviously, there are those... In church history who have endured far more and a lot longer than i have some even have to serve a mission in wisconsin
1: oh man he's after my heart <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i look to their example on how to endure it well as inspiring as those saints are there is something truly comforting about the contemporary witness from two best friends who have a deep and thoughtful testimony of the restored gospel thank you for what you've done and hopefully will continue to do uh, that's that's very yeah sweet.
1: and steve you're not alone. We are we are with you, man. I mean, I know it does kind of feel like that. I mean, it's easy to look at the high-profile apostasies that we see and especially when it's people that are your close friends, when it's family members, to just kind of almost say, "Am I am I the only one who's still going to be believing?" I mean, I can tell you I've had that same experience with missionary companions best friends from high school. I mean, I I I feel you. It is disheartening and it is frustrating to see people, you know, to quote from, uh, you know, the letter to Joseph, right? We spent many hours in heavenly places, you know, a letter Joseph wrote to the saints of Missouri, you know, those that we spent many hours uh, reciting Jesus, right? That to see those people leave it's it's crushing and it's hard so i i understand i i am there with you i feel for you Uh, i
0: goes on to say i've tried to come up with the most interesting question i could it seems like a lot of lessons in church history have to do with the period between the visit of moroni and the nauvoo exodus i think it was truman madsen the og himself
1: (laughs) that's Uh, that's awesome yeah i don't know why that's that's called truman the og yeah Yeah, yeah, well for
0: sure um I like how
1: we've spent several years, countless hours, and our entire lives trying to replicate one person who was better than us, (laughs) and we failed.
0: Oh, it's so, so (laughs) dramatic. Who pointed out to me that the journey wasn't over just because the saints got to the valley. In fact, the trials were just starting. Uh, What were some of the biggest hurdles for Brigham and the church once they got there? How did they fix those problems, and what problems replaced them? I tried to think of the most boring question I possibly could. I think I have a winner Why does Doctrine and Covenants, section 37 38 and 39 refer to Ohio as the Ohio uh, the Ohio well wow. I don't think uh, he wrote that no, you know what you know what you know you might want to check your spelling there I think you meant the Ohio no he see, wrote I'm, the Ohio I'm but at I said the email the,
1: email as well and higher an well when you're I, from
0: in Western those uh, we need people to to send in emails from Western Idaho. We pronounce the Ohio the Ohio. Okay. We always have. Just, we always will. Just Don't like change it's like me. Crick. Yeah. Well yeah. C R E E K crick. crick. Yeah. Yeah. The Ohio. The Ohio. The grammar strikes me uh, as incredibly strange, even for the 19th century. So that's the question we want well, to come back. That's a to, question. That is have, a we, question. We'll,
1: we'll come back. But let me. So we want to come back to that. You want to finish the email?
0: Well, if you can, if you have a quick response on the Ohio, oh, well, that'd do be great. I have a quick response on anything. <laughs> Why don't you go to the Ohio and then we come back okay. to the email?
1: <laughs> well, so uh, this is a good question because uh, DNC 37 and 38, of course, commanding the saints to go to the Ohio and there. Uh, they will receive God's law, and they will receive an endowment of powers. What they're told. So, why is it calling it the Ohio? Well, there's a couple of reasons for this, but a lot of it is uh, the the history of that area is is very interesting. When the colonies were first established, now this is we're going to get townshippy here real quick, okay? Um, but. Uh, when the colonies were first established, several of them, especially the first one, Massachusetts, well, the first northern colony. Virginia is the first colony, but it's a southern colony. But um, in the north, the Massachusetts colony, first established as the colony of New England in 1620, has a charter that has granted it um, a, a, an area where they can settle. It gives its northern boundaries. It gives its southern boundaries. And its western boundaries are from sea to sea. Well, in 1620, they don't really know where the other part of the sea is. But Massachusetts and other colonies in New England and others in the south will do this as well. They will pattern their charter after the the charter of New England, and the charter of New England. Don't worry, will get replaced by the Plymouth Colony charters. I, I, I those words they're all they're all mixed in there somewhere. But don't, they, they,
0: don't worry, they're going to get replaced. Well, I mean, I'm like, worried that some imagine people were worried.
1: I assume that, that there are, there are Massachusetts listening right now who are like, what What do you mean? Colony of New England. That's just what the charter, and you know who granted that charter? Guess who it was? Someone every Latter-day Saint knows from English history.
0: Um, I'm going to say uh, William Wallace. <laughs> English. Oh, is English. Actually, you know what? He is Scottish. Yeah. Well, I mean, the English, you know, the problem with Scotland is that it's, it's full, full of Scotland. Scots. King uh, King James. Oh, there you go. Hey, that's how every you know Latter-day what? Saint knows King yeah, James, you know
1: who is actually the King of Scotland. Yeah, that's right. So You know what? I wasn't as far off you know as what? I thought. Yeah, although William Wallace would have not been happy with the combining of the realms. So, In fact, King James was everything William Wallace <laughs> wasn't, even a Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But um, King James is the one who grants that charter, and it's from sea to sea. Well, Connecticut patterns its charter very similarly, and so it's granted from sea to sea. Similarly, Virginia's colony just extends further to the west. Now, eventually, as you extend further to the west, part of the problem is, well, not only do Native Americans live there, the French live there. I mean, at least the French claim those areas. Yeah, my, my ancestor. Well, no, because his acre was just in <laughs> Quebec. So his one acre, the plantation that he secured after years and years of effort was only in Quebec. But um,
0: he had a half acre in Lyon, so that was quite an upgrade. You know
1: what? We have not been giving
0: him enough credit yeah, look, for the he, fact that he, he was living in a shack in Lyon and then and then he's off although in although
1: he was living on half an acre in one of the larger metropolitan areas of France and moved to a place with barely a hundred people living in it. And only got twice the size.
0: I'm making up the size. He was from Lyon, but I,
1: I don't. Oh, know. Oh, so he didn't own any land in Lyon. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, so it's that makes still it look it's a huge upgrade. You know what? This is the Laduke family. The Laduke family. <laughs> uh, I'd like to say it's their. You know, it's it's the American dream, but it's not because it's it, the French Canadian dream.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. right. Seventy well,
1: percent taxes and an acre of land. Yeah. Well, so. All of the colonies, several of them, will make these same types of claims that just go perpetually to the West. Well, what's an easy thing to say when you assume that the Western Sea is going to be a couple hundred miles in. When you realize it's 2,500 miles and multiple mountain ranges, that becomes a little bit more untenable. But these colonies were still unwilling to relinquish their claims. In fact, uh, if you have ever... Heard of the part of Ohio that the Saints settle in in Kirtland, you will probably have heard of people refer to it as the Western Reserve. Have you ever heard of Western Reserve? I have not. Not even Western Reserve University I've, or
0: I've heard of Western governors. I've heard well, of Well, that's not the same. Northwestern. I've heard of okay. Case
1: Western. Uh,
0: that's in Ohio. No, that that's why it's called Case Western. Well that there we go coming
1: around okay well so what why was it called the Western Reserve it was called the Western Reserve because it was Connecticut's Western Reserve I'm wow. gonna have to have Richard wow put a put a map up for everybody to show you how ridiculous this land claim is like
0: Connecticut needs to get over Connecticut themselves.
1: Connecticut is claiming that even though classic their western boundaries run into multiple states that when it gets on the other side of New York and Pennsylvania, it picks up at the same parallel that it was at in Southern Connecticut. Wow. And that it just goes on in perpetuity. Uh, Massachusetts did the same thing. Massachusetts claimed that Massachusetts went right through Michigan and just kept on going. Um, now you're thinking, why does any of this matter? This isn't even close to answering my question. The Ohio. That was right. the question. It, that's the question. Well, so there's a real problem that all of these colonies are claiming as part of their territory land for over which they have absolutely no control over, and that if people move to, they are so completely divorced from the colonial government back in Boston that of course they they're going to be difficult to govern. One of the great fears of the founders was how is it that you would prevent a England and America situation from happening in the new colonies in in the new United States? How, isn't someone living in what is today, you know, western Tennessee going to be feel just as aloof and just as put upon by the majority population that is there in eastern virginia in richmond and jamestown when it's the, that population center that's dictating the the taxation of the people living in what is today western tennessee because that was part of virginia at the time and so the 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 one of the ingenious successes of the articles of confederation government is that the colonies will agree the new states because they're states at this point? This is, you know, after the revolution, they will agree. Hold on, so if you if you
0: are a premium listener and you're listening to Condemned to Repeat it, we spoiler alert.
1: Yeah, this is a big spoiler alert. Yeah. There yeah.
0: are now states after the revolution. Yeah. Because we, we were leading
1: along. Some of you might wonder whether or not the United States wins the American Revolution. <laughs> well, now you've you've ruined it. I haven't even told them there is a revolution yet and condemned to repeat it. It's true. We're not even there. So so those uh all of the states agree to cede their rights to these western areas that were unsettled back to the federal government. And the idea would then be the federal government would create territories that would eventually be populated enough to where they could become states. And the genius of the United States was instead of having a great Britain that's trying to rule a colony 2000 miles away, dictating to it without giving it any legislation is that all government in America would be local government that instead of Connecticut trying to run Cleveland, that, that part of what would later be Ohio would become part of the state of Ohio and it would run its own affairs rather than you know everyone in 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 Connecticut, you know, trying to, you know, I, I realize that, you know, ESPN's big there, but aside from sure. that, ESPN, I
0: mean, uh women's huskies basketball. Oh, that's a- all list. day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: There's there's all and, kinds and really
0: women's huskies basketball has penetrated into Ohio and to Michigan. Well they've certainly beaten everybody. They have.
1: Yeah. They're 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 crushing everybody. Well so the Northwest Ordinance, which is uh, designed to organize those territories that are won from Britain after the Revolution, that are ceded by these various states, these territories that are this westerner that are claimed, the way that that um, the way that that bill is phrased is it's phrased as an ordinance for the territories north of the River Ohio is, is what, how it's called. The Ohio River is a dominant, it's a big river, okay? It, you, you don't think of it maybe because you're always thinking of the Mississippi. If anyone lives near the Ohio River, they know it's a big deal, okay? And that entire north of that river is called the Ohio River Valley. So it it's named the Ohio River Valley long before there's a state of Ohio. The terminology of the Ohio, meaning all of the land north of the river, is the way that it's termed in those early colonial uh, documents. So when someone writes they are headed to the Ohio country, they don't mean the state of Ohio. They mean all of that area north of the Ohio River that was won from Britain in the Revolutionary War, but that wasn't an established territory or state yet. So then going to his question about
0: The Doctrine and Covenants. At at the time that Joseph's going there, it is. The,
1: The state of Ohio already exists, but there is still a cultural way that people talk about going from the New England and middle colony, middle states, to that area of the country. It's the Ohio area, even if you're going to Indiana. And so- Yeah, it is a little bit older. It's interesting that that's how the Lord uh, tells them to do it, to go to the Ohio, go to the Ohio country. They certainly aren't going to the Ohio River. In fact, they settle as far away from the Ohio River as they can in Ohio. They're They're on the lake, for crying out loud, almost. But it's that entire territory. Now, maybe that's allowing for a little bit of... Ambivalence about where the settlement is. For all I know, I mean, maybe that means you could have settled somewhere else, and maybe God's letting him pick and choose a little bit. I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, the the term the Ohio is this reference to that territory that's all north of the Ohio River, and it'll eventually, you know, become multiple states: Ohio, Indiana, right, Illinois, all that. Steve, are you happy with that answer? I don't think so. No. Um, is anyone listening yeah. happy with that answer? Couldn't possibly be. By the way. Uh, you'll notice that the Ohio State University follows that same tradition. Right.
0: That I, you know, I've always actually wondered that. Yeah, I've always that's what, why. What do they call them? Like I always thought it was that they were so arrogant.
1: Yeah, it's the Ohio, so it's they're the, the they're, Ohio. They're the State University. So it's not
0: the Ohio State, but it's the, the Ohio. Ohio,
1: the Ohio area State, State University. Okay, you know what?
0: All right, I'm going to back off a little bit. I need bit you on to stop Buckeye hating hatred. on Buckeyes. I am yeah. going to a, a Ohio State game later now. This I would year.
1: guess that most Buckeye fans think that it's. We are the Ohio State no, no, University. No, no, no. That's how they, they I know always that's how say they it say that it, way. But it, that's- So, but they're ignorant
0: to their own history. They don't know what they're yeah, talking
1: just about. just like all of us. <laughs> okay. Um, our podcast thrives on being ignorant <laughs> to our own history. We wouldn't exist otherwise. The, the
0: ignorance of naming conventions in the early, uh, or the late 1600s.
1: This has got me excited. I kind of want to spend the rest of the time on the Northwest well, Ordinance. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, so there's there's one more piece here to Steve's okay, uh, Steve's fine. email. We're um, going to go
1: back to the Northwest Ordinance as soon as I possibly can, though. So the question
0: I've been pondering endlessly, other than the Ohio, um, there have been roughly 100 billion people on this planet, give or take. Uh, many have had a form of religion in one way or another. While I believe in a sort of universal salvation – the fact is that a lot of these people wasted a good chunk of their lives worshiping a false God. What are the chances truly that I found the right one? And if I have, which I think I have, why would the Lord pick someone like me to carry that fire? Why not someone more competent?
1: Well, that's a pretty self-effacing question, Steve. And in fact, that we're all about self-effacing questions on the uh, Standard of Truth podcast. But I, th- uh, I thought it was
0: a pretty sincere and thoughtful, yeah. reflective I think question. about
1: that all the time. I mean, I, I have thought, I mean, there was a time when I had the thought, when I was younger, how is it possible that what we have is true and just everyone else isn't true? I mean, come on. It really is just a variation of the question that was asked of Martin Luther and every other reformer all the way down the line. If what you So let me get this straight, Martin Luther. You're the only person who's ever read the Bible correctly in the last 1,500 years. Well, you're pretty proud of yourself, aren't <laughs> you, Martin? And the answer is yes, he was. And, and that's exactly what Martin would say. Look, no, it's always been there. You guys just haven't been reading it. And, um, but that is exactly what the Catholic churches, at least part of their attack on Martin Luther was what kind of hubris and arrogance do you have to suppose that the millions of Christians who came before you were just all wrong in many ways, the question you're asking holistically, right. of, of, of everyone on the world, I, I don't mean like that you're, Shopping at Whole Foods. I mean, the, the question you're asking about the entire world is actually pretty similar to the question that Brigham Young is asking when he's confronted with the vision. Because Joseph Smith is teaching that Protestant hell doesn't really exist. And I know we just did a podcast on that, so I'm not going to spend any more time on it. But Brigham is stunned. And one of the reasons why he's stunned is, as he says, suppose it is true. And he, you can almost hear him arguing with himself. If it is true, that means every Christian I know, including my parents, including the pastors who taught me Jesus at all, every single one of them is wrong. And it seems like that was one of the major things that caused Brigham to struggle to accept it. The very radicalism of what is being taught is by nature something then that no one else believes. So there, there is something though that's
0: beautiful, beautiful about this, right? Because while we're saying that everyone is wrong, we're also saying that None of happen. it is exclusionary.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, that's exactly right. I mean, y- as you said in your question, we believe not only that there is a type of universal salvation for people who don't accept, we believe that everyone is going to have an equal opportunity at exaltation. Not, not just, hey, don't worry, you're going to eventually go to the sandals resort that the celestial kingdom is after you burn for a while. <laughs> but it's not as bad as Protestant or Catholic else, so okay we're saying somehow through the power of the atonement, and which is exactly what Brigham Young teaches, how are these people going to be saved that never had the gospel? Through the power of the atonement. And that may not make sense to us because when we look at the truth of the gospel that we have, it is a little bit overwhelming. It's overwhelming because it is so different from what everyone else believes and yet almost you know it, it's so it, almost no one else believes it and so we we I'll even be asked the question not just by you but people saying are you trying to tell me that you're just the, one of the few lucky ones who figured out the truth and everyone else is wrong and it is a tough thing to say yes <laughs> but that's honestly not that much different a position than all of the early Christians were in. All of the early Christians were in a world where almost nobody, 99999999999 percent of all the people in the world did not believe in Jesus. And so if you were an early Christian, I mean, you were in the same boat. How is it possible that I know that Jesus is my Savior and that there are no other gods, even though literally everyone on earth believes there's dozens, hundreds, thousands of gods, how is it possible I'm the only one who knows that?
0: So, I actually had um, an experience similar to this situation yesterday in uh, the great state of Arizona. I feel like you invented this. So i like, making this it all up. This is a little timely. I... Like, I was
1: at an IHOP. <laughs> it was...
0: Uh... <laughs> No, so I was at a, I was at a I was at a show, a trade show through um Arizona State uh, and some Did they have the Big 12 sp- banners up yet? I did go up to the Arizona State representative and I said I'm so excited to have you in the Big 12 and she's like, oh, "I know, isn't this so exciting?" She said, was fine with it? Oh, she was very oh, excited. Huh. Right. Because there's Washington State and Oregon oh, State. <laughs> so she was just Cal happy to have a Stanford. landing spot. Yeah. Um <laughs> but so um it was it was an interesting it was an interesting thing it was a, it was a good show. It was a small business expo uh thing for the state of Arizona that was hosted by arizona state and and uh this woman came up to the the booth and um I asked where I was from, and I said that I was from Utah. And uh, all of a sudden, all of the advantages that my company offers to small businesses no longer existed because she just wanted to talk
1: about Mormonism. And Did you um, go right into polygamy like Tanner? I mean, yeah. Did, I mean, did, you pull, did you go full Tanner on it? Yeah. I'm going like, to talk to about the late Nauvoo, Nauvoo period. And you know, not just polygamy. <laughs> we're going to talk about some of those really <laughs> precise aspects of it. I'm talking ceiling dates. I'm talking, you know, who was doing the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: So yeah, so after I finished with talking about Helen Mark Kimball, I was able to <laughs> I talked. She she her CPA was uh LDS guy. Okay. And uh, he has he has invited her to temple open houses. And oh, man. What a nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy, right?
1: I wish we could get his name and give him a shout-out, but yeah, he, he wouldn't he, listen to us if he no, was no, no, the gosh, temple. No, 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 Yeah, yeah. He's probably good taste. And, yeah, he's probably, probably – <laughs> he's, he's followed him all the way. He's he's someone listening to people who are building oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's listening to Hank
0: Smith and John, by the yeah. way. Absolutely. Yeah. we like good stuff. So um, anyway, so we get into uh, general conversation, and she makes a comment, and she's, she's an assembly of God uh, worshiping – christian woman um they have like they've raised 21 foster kids oh like like she's like the most she's incredible lady she's like the greatest, yeah, she's, like the greatest she's, she's a way, a way better, better christian go, than we way are better
1: than me meanwhile <laughs> we are talking about mutiny on the bounty and,
0: and and likely gambling which we don't do but we
1: don't and, actually gamble
0: at all but although anyway. we do
1: have a friend brian <laughs> No, no, not that Brian. Different Brian.
0: You wouldn't know. Not the
1: I, one you're thinking
0: you of. You wouldn't know him. Mean, he goes to a different school.
1: Yeah. So anyway,
0: um, so here in this conversation, she makes a comment where she says, Now, I know that you don't believe that I go to heaven if I'm not Mormon. Wow. And 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 she's like, But I, you know, but I, I think that I think it's really important just, you know, to love Jesus. And I and I said. I don't believe that at all. Like I we, believe, we I believe, believe literally the everyone's going to heaven. Of that, and so it was interesting. So to Steve's point, like we didn't get into a. What did she say when you said I believe everyone's going to heaven? Well, I I, I didn't say I believe everyone's going to heaven. Right. I you said, didn't want it. You didn't.
1: You were I, yeah. about to incur the wrath. <laughs> we're gonna have a conversation with Richard about being bold and proclaiming gospel truth. Yeah,
0: I didn't say <laughs> I believe like, all dogs go to heaven. I said I said. Oh no, I don't believe that at all we we don't believe that at all in fact we believe the opposite so i said we
1: believe the opposite um you didn't come right out and say we don't even everyone's going
0: yeah i I, yeah as i I said no we believe the opposite as as god is and
1: (laughs) 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 so you went right into quoting the king fallet yeah we're gonna eventually do some podcasts on the king fallet
0: we've done we've done a king Follett part one uh, two years ago yeah and we it, have yet to like, do part back two. then my we vo- haven't released my voice it, the is
1: higher I haven't been smoking as much I mean it's, <laughs>
0: we, we haven't released it yet uh, but uh, it's 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 heavy it's heavy uh, we thought material. first
1: we'd build up a fan base we are talking about the Ohio right that could then leave us precipitously <laughs> when we
0: speak this hard doctrine yes yeah, fire fall apart like glass well so it was it was actually a, a beautiful um like I don't you know, she, she, you know, Arizona has a pretty decent LDS population and, and she knows many LDS people. And I'm sure that she's had multiple conversations. I know with her CPA that they've gone through and toured the temple. But I don't think that... I think that she felt like... Like there's an element of what Steve says here where we're both... Yes, I, I believe that the things that we're teaching are correct. But I, I think... That you're, you know, you're, you're a, fine. You're you're going to be just fine right. because God loves you more than you can comprehend.
1: Right. I mean, and I think that's that's kind of the point that we have to fall back on is Latter-day Saint theology is exclusionary in that in that sense, in the sense that Latter-day Saints are claiming that God has given priesthood authoritative keys to His prophets and apostles on earth who then distributed them and that those aren't held other places. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't amazing Christians doing amazing things who God loves very much, who very much love God. It just means that there's only that there are certain ordinances that are required for exaltation. and only our church has the authority to perform those ordinances. But it's not exclusionary in the sense that, well, now no one else has a chance to be exalted because we believe that all of those people, all of them, will in some way have the same opportunity at exaltation. However, God judges that. And as Brigham Young will teach that specifically because of the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. So is there a mortal life wasted well, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I know that Martin Luther wouldn't agree, well, at least in life, wouldn't agree. <laughs> Probably have some Lutherans listening right now. He wouldn't agree right now. But he, he, he would. He, would. <laughs> he will never agree. Yeah. Here he stands. He can do no other, even in the spirit world. Um, but th- that doesn't mean that he uh, wasn't a man of God for his day. Right? People like William Tyndale and, and, and these other great reformers, they, they certainly faced the difference between uh, abandoning faith for the world and, and embracing it. Did they know the exact nature of God? No. Neither did I when I was first converted. When I first gained a testimony of the gospel— I didn't know anything about the King Follett Sermon. I mean, when I first had the Holy Spirit testify to me that Joseph Smith was a prophet, I didn't in that instance know that as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. I didn't. So you can very fervently believe, and and that belief is still accounted to you for righteousness, even if it's not exactly right. The reality is even Latter-day Saints today, for all the knowledge that we have, we don't have all of the keys yet restored because the last key is the key of the resurrection, right? That's coming with Jesus. We don't have that yet. We have an article of faith that says God will yet reveal many great and important things. Well, if God's going to reveal many great and important things, that means by definition, There are absolutely true things that we don't know. Does that mean my life's a failure if I live my whole life thinking X and 20 years after I die, the prophet reveals Y? The prophet reveals Z. It's not a failure because I lived my life in accordance with the light and knowledge that I had. And the best part about our judge is that he is not the, the angry arbiter who's slamming his fists down on the temple, demanding his pound of flesh. He is desperate for all of us to become like him. So I don't know what the algorithm is whereby... Our Heavenly Father and Jesus and the twelve apostles and the Nevite disciples judge us. but I know that everyone's going to have an equal chance. So maybe this woman won't ever become a latter- day saint in this life, certainly with Richard hiding in his shell and not telling her <laughs> not telling her about the fact we don't believe in hell um, but <laughs> that was a cheap shot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah here, here I, had yeah. Really a 20 minute
0: yeah, I had this twenty-minute conversation, but it was yeah. like an amazing you re-
1: conversation. Like you really, Richard failed. really Monday um, morning quarterback. Yeah, guess who was the district president in his <laughs> FTC No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um, but, You're like, well, she didn't get baptized? Yeah, nice yeah, job. Maybe jerk. you should
1: try being righteous. Um, but look at what she has accomplished. Right, she has sacrificed in her life, doing everything she can to help people the way she believes Jesus wants her to help people. She has a relationship with Jesus and knows that Jesus is her Savior. Now, she doesn't fully understand all of the things that will be required for exaltation, but she's got the most important thing first right. She loves God And she loves other people more than she loves herself. It doesn't matter how many wonderfully great accomplishments you can stack up on top of each other if you don't have the love of Jesus for other people.
0: You have nothing, according to Moroni. It's
1: meaningless. It it is meaningless. You You can sit and quote doctrine all day long, but if that doctrine hasn't changed you to make you desperately love your fellow human beings hey you're you're spending the wrong time with the wrong reading the wrong things if you truly come to have a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ one of the one of the evidences of that is you will find yourself having a natural love of your fellow men. You will see men and women around you, and sure they will annoy you, sure they'll upset you. Yes, you're living an immortal life. I'm not going to speak about this like it's some kind of Pollyanna thing. Joseph Smith was a lover of other people, but he also knew how to rebuke. He also, uh, when he had newspaper editors slander the church, he was more than willing to write a letter saying, eh hey you garbage uh newspaper uh, you can you can publish this rebuttal in your trash paper if you will he was more than willing to to speak truth to power like we might say today but ultimately if that person needed his help he would he would help them and, and you know people recognize that about joseph they recognize that he was while he was certain that what he had was true, it didn't cause him to speak ill of other religions, except in the sense that they were trying to destroy him. But he was letting Unitarian ministers come and preach to the saints in Nauvoo. A Methodist would show up and preach to the saints in Nauvoo. Joseph was regularly granting his pulpit to other ministers who would spend the entire time trying to convert Latter-day Saints back to the quote unquote real truth. And Joseph said it's because he didn't have any fear of people leaving it. Because the greatest light and knowledge was here. So yeah, go ahead and tell us all about, tell us all about Calvinist God. Tell us all about how almost no one's saved. If that is convincing any Latter-day Saints. Well, I don't want you to be a member of the church anyway, or you clearly don't really believe. I mean, Brigham Young, after Joseph is murdered, is going to set out as a test of fellowship. He is going to say, it is a test of fellowship to believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. That he lived as a prophet of God, and that he died a prophet of God, and that he didn't make mistakes or whatever. Or there weren't doctrines that were wrong that needed to be thrown out. And I think that as Latter-day Saints, we can both embrace our Christian brothers and sisters. We can have some holy envy for them where we can say, I wish when I went to a Sunday school lesson that people were so desperately praising Jesus for their salvation as they are when I go to a Baptist church. I wish that I was so totally unafraid to speak what I believe that in the middle of a of a city council meeting I'm I'm quoting something from Corinthians you know like like some of our fellow Christians will do, but it's not wasted. Think of how many people they have brought the light of Christ into the into the lives that they've touched. Think of all the foster children that woman has has has. That was her. That was one.
0: what she claimed as a crowning achievement: twenty-one foster children. Well, that is a twenty-one, crowning. twenty-one, but twenty-one foster children raised in the Lord is what she to well, say.
1: And and I'll give you and that is an amazing achievement. You bet. It's just a matter of the fact that at some point, rather whether it's in this life or the next life, people will realize or they'll learn that there is something beyond heaven. In fact, if you had to call Latter-day Saint religion something, it would it would be something higher than heaven, because we already believe that Christians are going to heaven. We already believe, and the type of heaven that Christians think they're going to, a place of absolute joy, absolute bliss. That's exactly where they're going. Yeah, they're already. She's one hundred percent right that that's where she's going. It's just that we actually believe that there's something even higher than heaven. And, and that's something that's really hard for many Christians to comprehend. I know that's not really what the original question is because he's saying, you know, how is it possible that I'm so lucky? I don't know. But I know that believers from the beginning of time have asked that same question. When they found themselves in a position of radicalism, when they found themselves like Martin Luther or Ulrich or Zwingli, when everyone believes something opposite of you, they had to ask that same question is it possible that me the lone monk in germany is right that salvation comes by faith and grace and the rest of the entire christian world doesn't is it possible that i'm right
0: there's something there's something he says that i've i felt uh, on my mission that that the 13 kids that I have that are all on missions right now it seems that uh, it's,
1: only, <laughs> it's only two but they're multiplying oh
0: it's yeah. just yeah well why not someone more competent is his question I'm pretty confident my uh, my sweet son flying to Peru might be thinking that a little bit my son in Barcelona might be thinking that a little bit I know I, know I sure felt that a yeah. lot on yeah. my mission and now as Garrett criticizes my missionary efforts <laughs> in Arizona.
1: Well look. I mean you could have at least <laughs> could have at least
0: pulled out the kickballs, service. No, but I, I've 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 thought that too, right? Like here here we have all of these things and I, I, I lack the ability to be able to articulate this as well as I wish I could. Yeah,
1: I, I there are many nights that I have I have cried myself to sleep as I have met with people and tried to help them overcome some of their questions and concerns about church history. And sometimes it's just a little bit too late or they don't want to believe. And yet I can still tell that they're a really good person. And yet, you know, that they just don't want to believe anymore. Um, Yeah, I fail most of the time. Um, Certainly, there are people all over this world who do a better job of sharing the gospel than I would. And I don't know why it is that God granted me the chance of hearing about this when so many other people didn't have it. I think in the grand scheme of things, our mortal lives are so incredibly short. For a christian they don't they don't think of it that way because they think God just barely created them. They see this as their beginning their 30, 40, 50 years of life is, is all that they've ever existed. I think for Latter-day Saints, it's very important that we remember that we believe that we are eternal beings that have always existed. So if you've always existed before you came here and you're always going to exist after you leave here, then think of just how small, how, what a blip of 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 your existence this mortal life will be and and, and since it's hard to put things in perspective let's let's say that your pre mortal existence even though it is eternal let's say that it's a trillion years and let's say that your post-mortal existence is a trillion years and you live 60 here or 80 Maybe you exercise and you get to 90.
0: I don't know. No, uh, 55. Okay, 44. I'm not going to do any exercise.
1: Wait, how old are you now? 43. 44. <laughs> so let's say it's 44. Let's say that it's 44. I mean, the, how small will this earth life seem? And I know that it doesn't seem like that to you because we don't remember the pre-mortal life. You will have a veil even after you die. But on the great day of resurrection that veil is going to be gone. You will remember all of your pre-mortal life. And then what will the 10 years of difficulty seem like compared to the trillions of years of, of being in the presence of your father? That doesn't mean you won't still have suffered. It doesn't mean that you won't still have had the agony of, of anguish. But it does mean that perspective-wise, it, it will be different. And so I think for our Christian brothers and sisters, our Buddhist and Muslim brothers and sisters, our Hindu and Sikh brothers and sisters, our atheist and agnostic brothers and sisters raised in countries where they aren't even allowed to have a religion, At some point, they will know what you and I know. And it seems like a really big deal that you and I know it 20, 30, 40, 50 years before they do in this mortal life. But remember, they also all know it, or they wouldn't be here. They've known it for trillions of years. They've known it forever they just don't remember that they've known it. And that's why a loving father, when he gathers us all home, it will not be a, a, a club that very few are on the list and allowed in. His arms are outstretched and he is going to be gathering us all up. I don't think we understand the great love our Heavenly Father has for us. We don't understand the depth of mercy that is afforded us because of the atonement. And at some point, when that veil is finally gone, the 20, the 30, the 40 years, it will be nothing compared to the knowledge of who our Father is that will come rushing back to us like a dam bursting and our loving Father will judge us absolutely, perfectly, on the basis of what was even possible for us based on our knowledge. Brigham Young's pretty adamant about it. That the great reformers, great Christians who lived before, they're going to be exalted. They're not losing anything in their exaltation because they happen to have been born in the wrong century. And that's honestly one of the best parts of being a Latter-day Saint. I don't have to believe that a billion Muslims are going to hell. I don't have to believe it. Instead, I get to believe that every single person who has ever lived on this earth isn't just going to have a chance at exaltation. They're going to have an equal chance. That God loves all of us. It's far as as Richard, you know, was talking to his friend, it's 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 the exact opposite. This is not an exclusionary religion. This is a religion that is expansive. In fact, it rolls to fill the entire earth. In this life or the next, everyone's going to have their opportunity. So thank you so much for your questions. We're going to try to get to some more emails next week, but we'll probably fail more times than we are successful. We need a better tagline to sign off. Maybe like, go subscribe to the premium. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. Or you know what? You don't do that. Actually, that'd be great. Thank you for listening to the Standard
0: of Truth podcast, hosted by historian Dr. Garrett Dirkmott. If you know anybody that could benefit from the material in this episode, please share it with them. And for more resources, visit standardoftruth.com.
1: Until next time.